This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Good. The title of my sermon uh, this morning and starting a new sermon series, The Return of Jesus, Part 1. And, you know, some people say, why, why preach on the return of Jesus? You know, we've got to live life today. I believe that when you have a proper perspective and understanding of Jesus and his return, uh, it will prompt you to live a more godly life. Amen. And uh, it will get us motivated in doing everything that God wants us to do. So Jesus is, look at your name and say, Jesus is coming back. Now, you know, Jesus is coming back. You know, I, some people uh, could title it, you know, the second return of Jesus. But that's not, accurate. that's not actually accurate because I believe, and some people don't believe this, but I believe in a rapture. And a rapture is, is Jesus coming back before what you call this seven-year tribulation that's coming on this earth. Uh, you know... You know, there is judgment coming on this earth, but um, but the but the church will not be judged because the church has received Jesus on the cross and Jesus was judged on the cross so that we don't have to receive that type of judgment. Amen. Glory to God. So I, so I want you to get excited because when people hear about end time preaching or Jesus is coming back, some people, if they have the right thinking of it, will get excited and some people will get nervous when you start talking about Jesus coming back. And so hopefully, you know, my, my goal is to, is to get you excited uh, about Jesus coming back. And, he, and he's, he's going to come back sooner than we think. I remember my pastors, this was many years ago, uh, they, the, uh, I think it was Pastor Ann, Pastor Joan Ann Warren started the church. And, and, and they, they were revealed by the Lord that Jesus was coming back soon. And he's coming back sooner than we think. Somebody say, well, how do you know? People say that all the time. Jesus is coming back. They were saying that all through the millennium. millennium. Uh, listen, for 2,000 years they've been saying that. But see, Jesus, we know that Jesus is coming back. Uh, and he can come back anytime because of Israel being formed as a nation in 1948. You see, most of the prophecies that talks about end times and talks about the Antichrist, uh, Israel's involved in it. And Israel had to be a nation. So before 1948, he may not have been able to come because, because Israel needed to be a nation. But since Israel became a nation, God put Israel back together twice. Uh, Israel was disbanded with the Babylonians coming in back uh, thousands of years before Jesus came into the scene. And then God brought them back to their nation. And then they got dispersed after Jesus was raised from the dead, went to heaven. And they got dispersed again. And then they got brought back in 1948. So, so God can, whatever is broken, bring it back. God can fix whatever might be broken in our lives or whatever the enemy might be trying to do, there's nothing, look at your neighbor and say, there's nothing impossible with God. And there's nothing impossible with those that believe. Amen? And so, and so really, uh, Jesus 
will be coming back. Uh, it's the second coming. And he will be setting up his earthly kingdom down here. Israel uh, will not be destroyed. It will be his headquarters. Can I get a witness in the house today? So, so the Bible really, we, we are coming closer and closer to the return of Jesus. And the Bible reveals that knowledge will increase exponentially in the end times. In Daniel 12, 4, it says, But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. So we know knowledge is increasing exponentially. Has anybody ever heard of AI? It's called artificial intelligence. They do movies about it, like uh, The Terminator. And, it would, and it's Skynet. And it's the computers taking over the world. Has anybody ever seen The Terminator? Uh, you know, that's Jesus' second coming. Jesus, I'll be back. Amen. Jesus is coming back. And so artificial intelligence, the world is moving towards one world government, a one world currency. Um, uh, we're seeing that more and more di- uh, digital currency uh, where they're trying to get rid of the dollar. Anybody under- know what I'm talking about? And in the tribulation, people uh, will be uh, that, that aren't Christians will be getting a mark where they can buy and sell goods. It's called the mark of the beast. And, uh, but you don't have to be worried about that because you're not going to be in the tribulation. But you might say to me, well, pastor, I believe differently. But after this message, hopefully you will believe right. <laughs> Amen. Now, there's different opinions. If, you know, some people believe and I believe I'm a pre-trib person. I believe Jesus is coming back to take us before the seven year tribulation some people believe we're going through it and Jesus is going to pick us up in the middle. And some people believe we're going to go through the entire tribulation. Uh, God bless them. But I'm going to go up on the second load. Amen. Amen. So, some would say I will go up on the first load. The first load are the people that are already dead. They'll be raised in Christ first. So I, I believe Jesus is coming back before I die. So that's the reason why I'll be in the second load. Amen. Can somebody, can somebody say amen on that? Amen. So, so the, the uh, you know, I was, you know, it's interesting how, how knowledge and how, how um, all these things are moving forward. And I was at Whole Foods the other day and I was buying my uh, organic lemons. I love my organic lemon. Anybody like organic food out here? And I, I make a special organic lemon drink every morning where I grind up the entire lemon. And I saw it on YouTube, and I'm telling you, it makes you feel like a million dollars. You drink that whole thing, seeds and everything. You guys are going like this. And, uh, but, uh, but I'm telling you, it is very healthy for your body. And that's why I look like I'm 20 years younger. Amen. And so, praise God. But uh, I was buying my, my, my lemons there, and I like, anybody use Apple Pay? And I, and I use Apple Pay because I don't like to carry my wallet with me because I'm always losing stuff. And, uh, and, uh, and so I, I have my, my, uh, my uh, on Apple Pay, I have my credit card on my, on my phone. And so you can pay with your phone. Anybody ever do that with Apple Pay? None of you. Okay. You, you all are cash people. You all look at me like, Apple Pay? What's that? What, what century am I in? Amen. And, uh, and so anyway... Uh, so I'm paying Apple Pay, and she says, you know, you don't have, and the lady that I'm, uh, that's uh, checking me out, uh, 
checking me out. I, that, that came out wrong. Um, <laughs> she might have been checking me out. I don't know. And, <laughs> and my, checking my goods out. Amen. Now that doesn't sound right either. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting deeper and deeper. Amen. Well, well, well. <laughs> I gotta stop where I'm behind, amen. Oh my Lord Jesus. Okay, but anyway, you know that the tell the lady, the cashier, amen. She says you don't have to use Apple Pay anymore. I said what? You don't have to use Apple Pay? And she said no. You see that scanner right there? I said yeah. It, it, it's kind of like a long scanner. It has like a little screen on it. She says you can put your credit card in there and put your hand on it. And it will scan your hand and connect it to your credit card. So you don't have to bring your credit card in there. And it's a, it's a palm reader. I said, okay. I'm thinking Mark of the Beast. You want to try it? I said, I, no, I, I, want to, I want to go to heaven. Thank you very much. <laughs> Amen. I don't want anything close to. I, 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 I'll just use my phone. Thank you very much. You know, I don't want anything even close to putting my hand on something and buying and selling. Amen. I, I'm, I might be a little extreme there. Amen. And, uh, and, so, and so we got to get a, a revelation that we are in the end times. Amen. And, and so, but I'm going to say this, that, that, that we're not, you know, for uh, God did not create us to go through the tribulation. We're not, you know, God didn't create us to go through this to test us. No, our testing is, is if we're going to live for God right, right down here. Our testing is, are we going to live for God right every day of our lives? We don't need all this trial and tribulation to purge us, to get us into a place where Jesus is going to bring us back. No, we need to be living right every day. Look at your name and say, live right. And I love this because really, uh, the rapture is really uh, Jesus coming to, it's a rescue mission. And Jesus loves to rescue people. He loves to bring people out of their problems. He loves to bring them into a good place to, with him. Amen. And I love this because even the disciples were nervous when Jesus was talking to them about that he was going back to heaven. And they were getting nervous about it. And Jesus said in, in John, this is a rapture scripture here in John 14. One and three, he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am there you may be also. Notice it says, I will come again. I will come again and receive you to myself. So what, what's going on now in heaven? God's getting your mansion ready. He's getting everything ready in heaven. Why? For us to come. Amen? In other words, do you know, and I and I've ta- teach this every once in a while, you know that you're not just the body of Christ, but you are the bride of Christ. And Jesus is getting your house ready because you're his bride. Hallelujah. And he's excited about that. I like what it says in Acts 1.8. Uh, it, it says in Acts 1.8 uh, that uh, Jesus is, is coming back. And, um, and he says that... Uh, my pages are off. Man. I'm going to have to... 
Okay, he, he says he's coming back and he says, I'm going to, uh, uh, he says, stay in Jerusalem until you're filled with power on dude with on, on high, glory to God. And, and, and then he was with his disciples and he said that you need to go witness to in, your, in your area, in the outward parts of the area, in all the world. In other words, what we need to be doing in this life is witnessing the goodness of God uh, to the people around us to get them ready for Jesus' return. Glory to God. Amen. And so we need to get people ready for his return. And the Bible said that Jesus, while he was standing with his disciples, amen, when he was standing with his disciples, that a cloud came and raised him. He, he was raised up in a cloud. And then the angels looked at the disciples and said, don't, don't worry about this. The same Jesus that was raised up in the cloud will come back in like manner. Okay, now that's a clue. In like manner, because we know in the second coming that Jesus is coming back on a white horse. Is that right? He's and he's coming back with his saints on a white horse. But we know when Jesus comes in the rapture, we'll meet him in the clouds. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. So in like manner, in other words, Jesus is coming back on a cloud like he was he was taken up on a cloud. Can I get a witness in the house today? Amen. And so, and so we don't, we don't want to uh, lose, lose heart because Jesus is coming back for us. Let's look at, let's, let's look at uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 15 and 18. It says, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with a trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. And, and that word caught up, because some people say, well, rapture's not in the Bible, Pastor. Well, this word caught up is the Greek word epazo. And that word means snatched up. And that's the Greek word. And the Latin word is, is, is rapture. Amen. So, so the Latin word is rapture. So you could say this word right here. It is basically the concept is rapture of the Bible. It's to be caught up. And, and to be caught up uh, is, is hapezo, which means to be snatched away. Amen. And so, and so, uh, and so it says here, in, together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort, comfort one another with these words. Uh, you know, uh, we only have, and I minister this quite often, a down payment of our salvation. We don't have it all. Look at your name and say, you don't have it all. You see, when we get saved, we get a new heart, we get a new spirit. But two things are not saved when we get saved. Our minds are not automatically saved. And I'm talking to somebody today. By what? You can still think carnally. You can still think wrong, and our, and our bodies aren't actually saved. We have corruptible bodies right now. Anybody still get sick, you know, fight sickness every once in a while? Anybody aging in here except for the pastor? <laughs> Amen. So, so, so do, we, do we, we still get old, right? Amen. My youth is renewed like the eagles, and that's my testimony. Glory to God. And, uh, and so, and so but, but we have a down payment 
a down payment of our salvation. We have, we, we are, we have new, we are new creations. We have a new heart or a new spirit, but you have something to do with your mind. What do you got to do? You got to renew your mind with the word of God. That's why you're in church today. Why are you in church today? Because your minds need to be renewed to the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when you renew your minds, then you can, your mind gets saved. You know, it's in a process of salvation. And then, then Jesus is coming back to glorify our bodies. And I'm looking forward to that. I, I believe that we're all going to be the, the same age as Jesus in heaven, 33, glory to God. I can't prove that by scripture. That's just, that's just that's my, my take on it. But I'm going to say this, that the Bible is a prophetic book. It predicts, it predicts future events through past events that reveal glimpses of the future. Should I say that five times fast? The Bible is a prophetic book. It predicts future events through past events that reveal glimpses of the future. Let's look at some accounts and let me just prove out that the rapture is, uh, is, uh, is what that God has designed to receive us uh, before the tribulation. Uh, it says uh, in Hebrews 11.5, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death, and he was not found because God has taken him. For before he was taken, he had a testimony that he pleased God. So we see here, as I said, that the Bible reveals truth in the past to reveal truth for the present. And here, Enoch is really a type and shadow of, of the church. And here, Enoch was taken up before the flood. And, he, and the Bible says he walked with God and he pleased God. If you want to be rapture ready, keep walking with God and keep walking to please God. Can I get a witness in the house today? And I'm going to say this. Only Christians, people that are bought by the blood of Jesus, can truly walk with God. You cannot walk with God without Jesus. There's a lot of religions out here that say they serve God and they walk with God and they pray to their God. But if Jesus is not in their equation, they're not walking with God, God Almighty. So you've got to have Jesus. Look at Jesus and say, get Jesus. And so Jesus said, I am the door that brings you in to the, the, to the fellowship of the Father. So Enoch walked with God and God took him before the flood. And, 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 and God is going to do the same thing with us because the flood was the judgment on the earth and God's judgment is coming. But we're not in the age of judgment right now. Well, we are kind of. God still judges. But we're, we're in the age of grace. You are under grace today. Which means, what does that mean, Pastor? The Bible says God is not slack concerning his promises. As some people uh, consider slackness. But he's faithful. He's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth to come in. He's not slack concerning his judgments. He's going to judge, but he's waiting for your relatives to come in. He's waiting for some of your loved ones to come in. And then once they're in the the ark of safety, glory to God, then all hell's going to rain down on this earth. Amen. Because uh, what's holding back the rapture 
is people getting saved. As soon as everybody that gets saved, that God wants saved, then Jesus is coming back. I love this because here in Hebrews 11, 6, 7, it says, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. So here in Hebrews, this is an account where some people believe that that the Christians are going through the tribulation. They say, well, see, Noah is, is, is like the church, and Noah had to go through the storm, so that's why the church is going to go through the storm. Well, Noah really, uh, is, really signifies the Jewish person. In other words, uh, the Jew is going to go through the tribulation. The Jewish person that doesn't know Christ, but we're not going to go through the, the, the tribulation. So Noah is likened to the Jews. So, so, so when we get taken up out of here, the church, the Jews are still going to be down here. And there's going to be people, the Bible says 144,000 Jews will be saved in the tribulation. Amen. 144,000. And, and, uh, and, and so, so God is going to bring a harvest in the tribulation. And, and some people say, well, God's going to protect the people in the tribulation. That, you, know, you know, the people that believe are going through the tribulation. They're, they're going to protect, you know, God's going to protect. Well, my Bible says that the Antichrist is going to be persecuting the Christians and their heads are going to be getting cut off for their faith. That sounds like a lot of protection to me. <laughs> Amen. In other words, uh, you know, in other words, all hell is going to be breaking loose. And, and people's heads are going to be being cut off for their faith. Amen. And I, when I think about Jesus coming back, I don't want to think about going through the tribulation. And pot. It doesn't bring me any comfort if I believe I'm going through it. It brings me a lot of comfort if Jesus is coming back to pick me up. Amen. Are you saying you're escapist? You better believe it. I am an escapist. Amen. Amen. And so, and so we got to get a revelation of that. And, and the Jewish people, and that's the reason why uh, in, in, the, in, in Matthew 24, uh, you have people that misinterpret the Bible and they say, well, Jesus says we're going through the tribulation and, and all this. It's in Matthew 24. Yes, but you got to know who Jesus is talking about or ch- talking to, excuse me. When in chapter in 24, the Jews ask, when is the end going to come and when are you coming back? And Jesus, it starts talking about, well, wars, rumor of wars. He starts talking about this. And then he starts talking about the Sabbath. Better, better hope that, I, that, that the tribulation doesn't come in the Sabbath day. And the Sabbath is, is what Jews practice. It's not something that Christians practice. And so what he's focused on is the Jew that's going to go through the tribulation. The Jew that doesn't have Christ. Am I preaching to anybody today? It's not the Christian. Amen. And you got to understand who Jesus is talking to when you're dividing, rightly dividing the Bible, because you can wrongly divide the Bible. And so you can wrongly divide it and and, and misinterpret it and and, and think, okay, well, it says here that I'm going. No, it's talking about the Jews. Uh, Thus, a.k.a. uh, Noah is likened to the Jewish people going through the tribulation. Amen. And so and so so Christ is with us, amen, and, and, and I'm going to say this, that God is a good God, 
And because he's good, he, he, uh, goodness cannot be separated from his justice. If somebody's good, they have to be just. If somebody's just, they have to judge. God has to judge sin because he's good. If you're in a court system and somebody does you wrong, they run into your car or whatever, uh, uh, and uh, they have insurance, well, they, things need to be made right. It wasn't your fault. So righteousness is something that God stands for. And, and God will even, even the odds. I mean, will, will even the, 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 the playing score. Amen. And so, and so here, uh, people misinterpret the Bible. And, and so we know that uh, in Sodom and Gomorrah was judged. Anybody remember this in the Old Testament? And Sodom and Gomorrah was judged and, and God was judging them. And uh, what was the main sin that, that Sodom, that, that word comes from, they, uh, you ever heard the word sodomite? And it, it, it's, it's homosexual relations. And one of the reasons why Sodom and Gomorrah uh, was judged was because of homosexual relations. Some people think uh, erroneously, well, I can be saved and live a homosexual life. Uh, I don't think so. Amen. Uh, if you're saved, it should deliver you from a homosexual life. It shouldn't keep you in a homosexual life or living a life of lawlessness. I'm preaching today. See, I'm a preacher of righteousness and I got to tell you the truth because I don't want any of you going to hell over sin. Amen. Now, look at Corinthians here. And because I, I just I just had to throw this in. I threw this in this morning. God will add stuff to my messages here. I wasn't going to add it in here. But it says here in First Corinthians 6, 9, 11, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals. What? God's the same yesterday as he is today? Yes. Does God still feel the same about sin yesterday that he does today? Yes. Has God changed the way he sees things? Is his standard still the same from the beginning? Yes. God has a standard. That's called truth. God has grace and he has truth. And his truth is his standard. So whatever, if whatever God says he likes, I like. What God says he doesn't like, I don't like. But, but you say, my flesh likes it, pastor. Well, you better tell your flesh to shut down. Amen. Glory to God. Your flesh might like some things, but it may kill you. Amen. Amen. You can't eat chocolate cake every day of your life. Well, maybe you can. But anyway... Um, Hallelujah. So he, so he says, nor homosexual, nor sodomites, because you do, you have churches that are homosexual churches. And they preach, you know, and, and now, you know, they got, they got legislation. Well, now, you know, because the homosexual was in trouble if they were living together because that'd be fornication. So that could fall under that. But if they're married, then they're, then that, they don't, they're not fornicators anymore. Then you know what I'm saying. So, so but but in the guise of marriage and the guise of the law, but in the in the in the eyes of God, it's wrong. We got we you know the Bible says in the end days, people will be calling what's right wrong and what's wrong right. And the only way you're going to stay right is to stay under the word of God and under a preacher that will preach the truth of the word of God and not tickle your ears. 
And so here it says, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor rivalers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And he says, as such were some of you. Were some of you. We, we were some of these people before Jesus came into our lives. And such were some of you. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by his spirit of the living God. Think about that. In other words, we, what we used to do, we don't do anymore. Why? Because the blood of Jesus washes and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We're sanctified saints in the kingdom of our Lord. Amen? Amen. And I love this because Lot was a righteous man. And he was living in Sodom. And, uh, and, and this is really interesting. Lot is a representation, another, a foreshadowing of the church. He represents the, the Christian church. And in, in, it says here in Genesis 19, 21 and 22, he said to him, uh, talking to the angel, Lot's talking to the angel, see, I have, favor you, uh, I have favor you concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow the city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zor. Okay, so here, uh, uh, this is the angel talking to Lot, and, and he's trying to get Lot out of the city because their judgment is about ready to fall. Who, who, um, who reigns, uh, who's the reigns judgment on the cities? Well, it's not God per se, it's God's angels. God releases his angels to reign the judgment. And here, he says here that, uh, that Lot here, uh, the angel was talking to him. He said, I cannot do anything until you arrive into this city. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zor. So he escaped to a city called Zor. And, and then the next verse said, the sun had risen upon the earth. Then Lot entered Zor. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah. From the Lord out of the heavens. So we see here that the angel could not rain judgment on the city until Lot was out of it. What am I saying to you this morning? I'm saying that we, the church, we're the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. We are salt preserves. We are preserving the world right now. We are preserving, keeping judgment from coming. We are preserving the world. And until we are taken out, then, you know, when we're taken out, there's nobody praying anymore. There's nobody fasting anymore. There's, there's very little people witnessing anymore. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You are preserving the church and God's going to take you out before he rains judgment down on this earth. And you might say, well, I don't have Jesus in my life. You better get Jesus. Amen. You say, this is a, it's a positive message for those that have Jesus. For those that don't have Jesus, get Jesus Amen. in your life. And don't just, don't just pray a prayer and say, I'm going to live my life the way I want to live it. No, you pray a prayer and you start living for God. Amen. Amen. So God's motivation uh, to, for, to get us close to him is in Revelation. This is where we're headed. In Revelation 21, 1 and 4, it says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. 
For the first heaven and the first earth has passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepare as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them. And be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death. No sorrow. No crying. There shall be no more pain. For the formal things have passed away. That's where we're headed. We're headed to a new heaven. And a new earth. That's where we're headed. Glory to God. This is revealing the love of God. Uh, The question is. Are we again in the last days? And in Thessalonians 5, 11, it, it actually says that. It says, but concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then suddenly destruction comes upon them. See, this is saying when they say peace and safety and suddenly destruction comes upon them, this is the status of the world. Before the tribulations come, it's going to ha- be somewhat peace and safety. In other words, all hell's not breaking. They're not, the world's not going to realize the judgment's coming. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? It says, as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape, but you, brethren, are not in darkness. So this day should overtake you as a thief. So what the Lord is saying is that we as a church, the day, what day? The tribulation, but also the day that Jesus is coming back for the church. We'll, we'll, we will not be unaware. We will know the season. We may not know the time, but we know when God is, Jesus is getting closer. But your brethren are not in darkness so that in the day should overtake you as a thief. You are not sons of the light. Uh, you are sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Notice he says, let us not sleep as others do. In other words, there are some people that aren't walking with God like they need to. They're not, they're not fellowshipping with him like they need to. They're, 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 they're getting caught up in all the world's drama. And they are asleep in Christ. And we need to wake up. This message is a wake-up call. It's to wake us up that Jesus is coming back and we need to be ready. And it says, therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us, are, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and a helmet of hope and salvation. For God did not, now this is the, this is the scripture, underline this, for God did not appoint us to wrath. God did not appoint us for the tribulation. God did not appoint us for judgment, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him, therefore comfort each other and edify one another just as you are doing. This is amazing. These are amazing scriptures. They're written by the Apostle Paul to the Thessalonian church and written to us. And, and he's, he's revealing the fact that Jesus is coming back. 
that, that judgment is coming to the earth, that we need to be awake, that we need to put on the breastplate of love and the helmet of hope and salvation, and that we should comfort one another with what words that Jesus come back. There's no comfort that we're going through the tribulation. Does that really comfort you? Oh, no, I don't think I want to get my head cut off. No, there's no comfort in that. But there's comfort that Jesus is coming back for his bride. You know, what should we do? Uh, if we're living in the last days, what should we do? Well, let, me give you, let me give you a couple points. Number one, we need to get serious with God. Amen. Let's get serious. <laughs> S-E-R-I-O-U-S. <laughs> uh, that's an old song. Let's get serious and fall in love. Amen. We got to get serious and fall in love with Jesus. Amen. Amen. We got to get serious. In 1 Peter 4, 7, it says here, But the end of all things are at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Notice that uh, here. Peter saying, But the end of all things are at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. In Revelation 19, 7, it says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. This is saying here in Revelation 19, 7, is that we, the church, are getting ourselves ready for the return of Jesus. Are you getting ready? Are you getting ready for Jesus to come back? Number two, we need to get our relationships right. In 1 Peter 4, dropping down to the next verse, it says, Above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. So I love this. Peter is saying here that we need to have a fervent love for one another. See, the Bible says in the end days that, that some people's hearts will grow cold. But that's not of us. Our hearts are not going to grow cold with all the sin that's in the world. We're not going to focus on all the sin and all the mayhem and all that's going on in the world. Which sometimes when we focus on all that, that makes us hard. Makes us untrusting. Makes us unloving. But no, we want to focus on the goodness of God. We want to focus on that, that Jesus is coming back to pick us up. And so he says again, above all things, have fervent love for one another. What does that mean, fervent love? Well, that means that if you're a Christian, it says don't forsake the assembly of yourselves with other believers as the, as the day draw near. In other words, God wants us coming to church. God wants us fellowshiping with one another. The devil will try to do everything he can to keep us from coming to church. To keep us from coming into an atmosphere of word and praise and worship. See, the Bible says we go from glory to glory... From faith to faith, not from valley to mountaintop, from mountaintop to valley. People that aren't walking with God like they need to and they're not doing what they need to do will go into some valleys and then finally they get right, they get God back in their life, they go back on the mountain and then they, then they get, you know, they're on the mountain for a little bit and then they, then they stop doing what they need to do, they stay on the mountain, they go back into the valley. But we need to be people that stay on top of the mountain. We need to stay on top of the summit, glory to God. We need to stay on top. So how do we do that? Well, uh, we get serious with our relationship with God. We get serious with our relationship with the body of Christ. Uh, we walk in love. And number three, uh, we fulfill our purpose. 
Uh, look at your name and say, fulfill your purpose. At first, dropping down to uh, 410, it says, each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as the good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So what he's saying here is that, that we're in the last days, and look at your neighbor and say, you got a job. Amen. And we have a job to do. The Bible says that we're supposed to be here uh, uh, maintaining uh, our Christian walk uh, and uh, occupying until he comes. Well, what does that mean, occupying? That means we're supposed to be doing everything we can, praying for our families. Any prayer people out here? Anybody praying for your families? Praying for your family. Uh, Coming to church, reading our Bible, fellowshipping with the body, doing everything we can uh, to to walk with God, to to be pleasing to our Heavenly Father. Glory to God. When is God, when when is the, the end coming? Matthew 24, 14 says, And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations and then the end will come. So what in Matthew he's saying that, that we're at a time of history with the internet and with everything going on with the internet that, that basically the entire world can receive the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? We're at a point where I, some people will say a tipping point. We are at a tipping point where Jesus is about ready to come back. We're at a tipping point where sin is about ready to be judged. We're at a tipping point, and I'm telling you, we're getting ready for the return of Jesus. And when you know for a fact in your heart that Jesus is coming back to rescue you, it should get you excited. It should get you excited about the kingdom of God. It should get you excited. And when you know that tribulation's coming, it should give you an urgency to warn people that Jesus is coming back. And I'm not one of these preachers. I know most people say, well, if you're saved, all are going to be in the rapture. We'll talk, may talk about this next week. We'll all make it, all Christians make it in the rapture. We'll talk about that next week. And, uh, and I got some good material next week. You're going to love it. Amen. But if you're walking with Christ and you're trying to please him every day, you don't have to worry about next week's message. <laughs> Glory to God. Say so you just look at your neighbor and say, walk with Christ. Did you receive it this morning? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness and your love. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you're mighty and good, that you are coming on a rescue mission to rescue us from this evil world. I thank you, Father God, that you desire to rescue people out of sin and darkness. And right now, if you're watching, listening to me, and if you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, or you, 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 you have, but you've kind of backed away from the things of God and you want to give your life back to God, well, today's the day to do that. And so I want to invite you to pray a simple prayer to, to get Jesus in your life or to come back to Jesus. Say, dear God, I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I, return, I, I, uh, I leave my sin and I return to you. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life. And I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.
We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.